Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Welcome to episode 53, Maine. I'm your host, Chris, joining me always as James. Tonight, we are discussing the ghost on Catherine's Hill, and then we'll get into the crazy tale of the Palmyra Wolves. Nice. All right, James, why don't we go ahead and get into the ghost story first? This sounds very interesting. Yes, this week's point of interest rests high on a mountain pass near Cherryfield and Franklin at a place called Catherine's Hill. Catherine's Hill is locally referred to as the section of the Blackwoods Road, Route 182, which summits near the mountain. Both are named after the legendary woman named Catherine, whose ghost is said to haunt the hill, a story told since the 1860s. Neat. Travelers who claim to have seen Catherine's ghost on the hill most commonly describe a woman approaching the traveler asking for a ride, sometimes to Bar Harbor. Catherine is said to be dressed in a light blue evening or ball gown. It is said that anyone who declines the ghost's request for help suffer various consequences. Cool. Of those, I could not find, though. Of course. I was like, what consequences? They go just as far as to make it interesting and then they'll give you the details. Yeah. Anyway, the story goes when Catherine was traveling on the road with her husband or boyfriend after their wedding or prom... And this is what it said. It, it was either or. Either they, or. they didn't <laughs> know which. Kind of different far apart yeah. events. But that <laughs> night in Bar Harbor, when they were in some sort of fatal accident, what type of accident is unclear due to the fact that the Catherine's Hill moniker predates the widespread use of cars in the area, at least back to the 1930s. It is said that Catherine lost her head in the accident and that her significant other was never found and that she wanders Catherine's Hill and the Black Woods area searching for her head and her missing love. Um, yeah, so she's missing her head and her missing love. And she's looking for both. Man. I like, like oh, that. Like, I, I wonder which one is more important for her to find first, you think? I, I would think her own damn head. I would say as well, yeah. Yeah. However, as most haunting tales do, the story takes on many different forms. As we've seen so far. Of course they do. This specter might ask for a ride to Bar Harbor, for it seems she is intent on getting there, perhaps late for her prom. Probably. She might get in, and then you start driving, only to notice suddenly she is no longer in the car with you, but directly on the road in front of you. Can you say, slam on the brakes? (laughs) (laughs) 
She might actually stay in the car for a while. At some point, inevitably, you'll cast your eyes from the road to her, only to find nothing but a puddle of cold water on the seat that she occupied. Whoa, that's cool. Interesting. Creepy. Questions surrounding her death range from killed in an accident to being murdered by her lover on prom night or honeymoon. She's all kinds of stories going yeah. on with this thing. Her missing head and the fact that her lover's body was never found provide a solid basis for the latter, in my opinion, and it would be my guess. However obscure and lacking in facts this case may be, it was enough to garner the respect of the locals to name the road and the mountains after her. Wow. I thought that was a pretty cool little story. Sounds very um, very similar to, uh, crap, what's that one in Chicago? Um, the Lady at Cemetery that they see at Chicago all the time. Uh, yes. Uh, what's it called? I don't know. No, come on, help me think about it. Um, Res- Resurrection Mary. Resurrection Mary. Sounds very ah. similar to the Resurrection Mary story, which yep. I believe actually does have some basis in fact. There are a lot of stories and lots of songs written about this very kind of thing. Ghost, yeah. ghost hitchhikers and things like that. So. I mean, there's all kinds of stories from all across the, the U.S. Of, of phantom hitchhikers. And everyone, it's more or less in the, not so much details about like the lover or the accident or the prom, whatever. I mean, the accident probably because I think Resurrection Mary was like hit by a car when she was at the cemetery trying to go home. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the, the basic outline where you pick up somebody in the back seat and then you drive a little bit and you look and they're gone. They're gone. But the door's yeah. not open. Nope. You didn't see them jump out. Um, now, this this one has that puddle of water. That's interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. That was just one of the varying accounts. It could have just been made up. We don't know. Wow. That's weird. Though. You know, a puddle just... of water on your seat. First of all, I'll be pissed because my seat's ruined. <laughs> you know, don't, don't leave yeah. water on, on my seat. But second of all, uh, you know, most of the time when, when it disappears, you know, all you have is a story. Whereas this one, if it was in fact a puddle of water, then you actually have some physical, tangible evidence. That would be sweet. That something happened. Something you can photograph, something you can touch. Yeah. Absolutely. So like nowadays, I mean, nowadays people having like uh, cameras all over their car, or, you know, digital phone or cell phones or whatever. It'd be very interesting to see somebody actually in real time have that happen and then show the, you know, the puddle of water that was in their backseat or whatever. Maybe the next time in Maine, I might go that way and uh, put a dash cam out on my rent car. I will be very, very disappointed. If if we go through any of these places we've talked about, we've got to do the dash cam thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got to put cameras all in. I mean, it's, it's, we (laughs) have technologies there now, so we'd be foolish not to. Yeah. Like taxi app confession, just put cameras everywhere, you know? Yep. All right, bud. Well, that was a super cool story. Hadn't yeah. heard about that, so very interesting to find uh, find out about that. But uh, why don't we take a break, and then we will get on with the second story. Roger that. Okay, so this story takes place in Maine in 2006. It was also featured 
on season three, episode nine of Paranormal Witness. So Eric Martin was a family man who had worked at a paper mill for the over 20 years. And one day, while at work, he threw out his back and ended up losing his job, which sucks, but happens to a lot of manual labor workers, unfortunately. Sure does. The family, which included his wife, Shelly, and 17-year-old daughter, Chelsea, moved to Palmyra so that Shelly could take a job in which she'd be able to work close to home. The house they moved to ended up being a farmhouse with substantial land that they got at a cheap price due to the fact that at the time, the cost of houses in Maine was uh, quite low. Yeah. Yeah. So they got this really nice farmhouse on this uh, just a bunch of land. Unfortunately, the land was also, uh, there wasn't a lot. Uh, they didn't have neighbors, basically. Yeah. And around the land was nothing but dense, dense forest. Ooh. Yeah. So you know where that's go- going with that. Yes, I know yeah. where it's going. Eric begins unpacking his rifles, of which he had many because he was a hunter. Mm-hmm. And started moving him into the house. But... Shelly had never liked having the guns in the house. And so he, she told him not to put them in the house, but to put them in the barn because it made her feel safer with them in the barn. So, Side note, what the heck good would it do to put all your guns in the barn? So if danger comes, you got to run across the yard to get to the barn. Which is exactly what's going to be happening later on. Now also, but I can see wanting to be safe if you had little kids in the house. Gotcha. Her son, Sean, did not live with them. He was an adult, did okay. not live with them. The other kid they had, Chelsea, was 17. So she was smart enough not to mess with them. Mm-hmm. So there's no real reason not to have the guns in the house at this point. Indeed. Other than maybe to uh, set up for a creepy event later on. I don't know. Ba-dum-bum. We'll see. You never know. Uh, so he and his son, Sean, who was visiting at the time, proceeded to take the guns to the barn, and they built a strong box out of wood to keep the guns in the barn. Okay. Uh, but they also put the strong box in the loft of the barn. And let's not re- let's remember that Eric, you know, he threw his back out. He had back problems. It couldn't mm-hmm. work anymore. So the son did most of the lifting to get the, up to the to the loft. Gotcha. But it was going to be a pain in the ass for him to get up there if he needed to without having the son's help. Which again, dumb, dumb, I dumb. I can't even think. There's that. no reason if you have him in the strong box already. There's no reason to put him up in a loft when there's one kid that lives with you who's 17. Again. Yes. Dumb decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then they went even, even dumber and locked the barn door for extra protection. Ugh. So if you learn anything from this episode, listeners, if you move into a house in the middle of nowhere, there's a, a there's a chance you can be attacked by werewolves, but B, <laughs> B, keep your guns in the house if you don't have small kids. Indeed. Okay. Moving on. Lessons learned. Eric and Shelly had a nightly ritual that they started once they moved out there. They would go out and sit on the porch at night and enjoy the weather while drinking coffee. This ritual became important to them as it was a way for them to relax uh, after each day. Now, with all this happening, as if it weren't spooky enough, at some point later, Eric states that at one night he saw the ghost of a small child in period clothing inside their house. So not only is there potential werewolves in the land, but there's ghosts in the house. And there's period clothing. One night, a year after they moved in, Shelly sees movement in the woods in front of them while they're out front. Movement she describes as a pulsating type light in the woods. Eric sees it as well and begins to think that there's poachers in the woods. And so he and his son head out to the edge of the property to tell them to leave. As they walk through the field, the lights begin to fade back into the woods. Once the lights are completely gone, they decide to continue walking into the woods to make sure the poachers have left. 
As they continue walking through the forest, they hear footsteps in the leaves on the ground not far from them, not knowing where or what they're coming from. So they decide to get the hell out of there. Feeling kind of foolish about then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One month later, Chelsea's boyfriend, Nathan, stays with the family at the farm for a weekend. Chelsea and Nathan decide to walk the family's two hunting dogs round into the woods uh, as it had been a, it was a slightly cold main we- uh, winter. Dogs have been locked up for most part of it because it was so cold. Um, today, apparently that day was a very nice, uh, uh, bright day. So they wanted to let the dogs out and let them run around and get some exercise. Initially, she had the dogs on leashes, but lets them go once they're inside the tree line to let them run about, which you would. The dogs take off for about 100 yards and they come to a dead stop at a large mound in the middle of the woods. When they catch up to them, they notice the mound is really the opening to a den. Uh-oh. They notice the hole doesn't look like a natural opening, but more like something that was intentionally made. There's grass and sticks all around the opening, almost like camouflage. Chelsea had a really bad feeling about the hole and begged Nathan to get out of the area, which they did. She had a really bad feeling about this? Really bad feeling. Oh, boy. Yeah, she had a Star Wars moment there. <laughs> they tell Eric and Sean about the hole when they get back to the house, and Eric and Sean tell them about the footsteps they heard while chasing the lights and begin to wonder if they have a predatory animal in the woods nearby. Now, not much else happens in the next few months, but then one night during Memorial Day weekend, Eric and Shelley are having their nightly coffee ritual. They notice that the entire field in front of them is covered in a low-hanging mist, they then also notice something else. They notice they don't hear any form or trace of nighttime wildlife. No owls, no crickets, nothing. They find this odd as they've never encountered this during any of their previous nightly rituals. Shelley then turns on a large floodlight she keeps on the front porch and begins scanning the area. And after not seeing anything unusual, Eric then hears a weird sound out near the woods in front of them. He feels like something isn't quite right and ushers Shelly into the house. I just want to say, ah, fuck, David, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) At first, she protested Eric trying to get her into the house. Then she heard some rustling noises nearby. And when she looked out, she pointed her floodlight out to the field. And that is when they both saw three sets of eyes looking back at them. They then saw two more sets of eyes to their left and right as if they were being surrounded. Holy... Mm. At that point, she no longer protested, as if we wouldn't, <laughs> and they both hurried inside the house. Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. However, once inside, they crouched behind the front door, and while Eric was trying to come to grips with what they just saw, Shelly sat up and flashed the floodlight through the window in the door. Ugh. When she did this, she saw the creatures had moved closer to the house. Great. <laughs> Somehow, Eric realized it wasn't a bear that was out there, but it was something just as big and just as dangerous. Shelly ran upstairs to get their daughter up, and when she reached her, she looked out the window, saw all five creatures had moved back out to the field. Then one appeared to have stood up on its hind legs and was looking right at Shelly. Hell no! (laughs) I'm heading to the barn. And I gotta say, just before I continue with this... If you haven't seen it yet, watch the episode of Paranormal Witness, Season Mm 3, Episode 9. Okay. All of this is, is portrayed exactly like I'm reading it now. Wow. It is great. The 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 practical effects they use for the creatures, mm-hmm. it is actually a very creepy episode. Nice. So make sure you watch it. Okay. I will. Shelly then realized she hadn't heard any noise from the dogs and went downstairs to look for them. She found the dogs, hunting dogs, mind you, 
curled up in the closet downstairs, and that's when she fully realized that something different had come to their farm. Meanwhile, unable to get his guns from the barn and seeing the creatures are back in the field, Eric decided to try and get to the truck and back it up to the house to get everyone out. This is where that part comes in where it's like, you should have kept the guns in the house. Jeez. Eric pushed through his back pain and made a break for it outside to the truck. After making to the porch, he felt he would have no problem making it the last 20 feet to the truck and started slowly walking towards it. Once he made it to the truck, he grabbed his keys and was about to unlock the door when the motion sensor lights came on and he found himself face to face with one of the creatures. Oh, man. The creature made a motion to reach Eric in the light, but was stopped by some unseen force. It took off into the darkness and Eric quickly walked back to the house. Duh. Quickly. Here we are walking away. <laughs> At this point, they decided to call the police for help. But of course, the police didn't take the Martin's claim seriously and just suggested they lock their doors and windows. And stop drinking. And stop drinking and smoking that ganja. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly decided to stay in Chelsea's room as her window gave her full view of the farm and woods. Eric stayed downstairs trying to figure out how to get to the barn to retrieve his guns. Suspecting that the creature he saw outside was repelled by the light, Eric decided to try and use the outdoor floodlights to help him get to the barn and his guns. He went outside and began waving his arms about to try and trigger the motion sensors. When they did, he got the worst surprise of his life. Standing just outside the light in the darkness, Eric now saw all five set of eyes were staring directly at him, surrounding him. Great. Good job, Eric. Yeah, not very, again, leave your guns in the house. Yeah. No small kids, leave in the house. Man. As quickly as he could, he got back in the house, barely making it before the light went out. <laughs> From upstairs, Shelly heard the group approaching. With no guns, no police on the way, Shelly knew they were in huge trouble. She woke Chelsea back up and told her what was going on. The three of them got a hold of every sharp instrument in the house and made their way to the master bedroom, where they waited on the bed the rest of the night. Throughout the night, they heard the creatures moving about the house from all sides. Oh, man. Knowing at any moment if they wanted to come in, they could. When morning finally came, so did the sigh of relief. The creatures had just left before sunup. Eric and Sean patrolled the perimeter and discovered large footprints with claw marks, all made by a creature or creatures that walked on two feet. To this day, no one knows exactly what stalked and terrorized the Martin family that night. And was there any follow-up? I mean, did, did it ever happen again, or was just this one? Not that I could find. I think they, uh, I don't know if they still live there or not, but um, everything I could find just talked about that one night, and that's it. I think there would have been a for sale sign up in my front yard. You wouldn't have stayed there? I don't think so. Okay, well, first of all. Then again, <clears throat> maybe not, because I am the hunter type, but still. You are the hunter type. You're the outdoors type. But also, you would have kept all your guns in the house. Yes. So you would have been prepared. I sleep with my guns. You would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger against a predator prepared. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you would have been okay. Um, and I think you probably would have maybe shot one. But you know what? No matter what kind of bravado somebody tries to present, no matter how brave somebody, no matter, you know, crap talking they do, nothing. Yeah. That would scare the bejesus out of the most brave man on the planet. I'm sorry. It just would. It's very easy to, for us to talk about this like this. But sure it being is. Being in that moment. Like if I walk out to my truck after we get done recording and there's red <laughs> eyes in the damn tree line, I'm going to holler well, like a bitch. <laughs> out, here, out here, first of all, if there's red eyes, it's probably just a raccoon, which indeed maybe be scared a little bit. But, but if, you you know saw, I mean. if you saw five sets of eyes, yes. 
I'm at, all looking at, at eye them. level, like yes. they're standing up. Yeah, yeah, that's a different that's, story. that's a problem. That's a different story. Yeah, that, that would be a problem. And and that's just that's here in a neighborhood where there's other houses. Imagine, you know, being in a in a isolated farmhouse. Hmm, kind of like what I'm gonna be here shortly. Are you going back to Colorado? I like, no, I bought a house oh, out in right, the country. That's right, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Yep. Um, guess you're gonna be isolated pretty soon here. Yeah, but I got my guns. <laughs> And they're going to be in the house. And they're going to be in the house. Yeah, well, you've got no kids there, so you be in the house. But let me tell you, James, if you have something like this happen, I don't care how scared you are, the second it starts happening, you call me. I'm going to film it. You call me. You you call me through Messenger. You put the video chat on, and we record the whole thing. I prop the phone up in the window. There we I'll go. Be, and I'll be behind my chair with my M16. I said, okay. It'll be like that scene from like Signs where like the video's there, and then all of a sudden like it's off camera. You hear all the noise and stuff going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, but no, you call me. Yes, we're gonna record that and put it on an episode. Absolutely. All right, folks, you hear that? If he gets tagged by a wasted opportunity, if he gets tagged by werewolves in his new place, <laughs> he's gonna record it. It's we're gonna, gonna be recorded. It's gonna be on Patreon. Yes, it will. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's uh, it for the uh, main episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, James, is there anything else we need to tell them before we go? Well, just remember to please rate us and review us any yep. chance you get uh, anywhere you listen. Uh, also, please check us out on Patreon.com forward slash State of Fear. Yep. And we do have a new level. Yeah, we've consolidated all of our levels into just one. We just now have the Road Warrior level. Seven bucks, you get everything. You get the ad-free episodes. You get the bloopers. You get the special uh, reviews. Everything. Commentary tracks. Whatever we can come up with, you get it all for seven lousy bucks. One low price, you get everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, can't wait to see you for the next episode. Next episode, we're covering New York. New York. Um, we're going to have a ghost story and uh, maybe a couple of the fun things. We're not sure of yet, but um, yep. just, just be ready for them. Indeed. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Mm-hmm.